What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Hey, Dream Builder. This episode is powered by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses get creative and quality designs from custom logos to business cards and even web designs. There's a community of over 900,000 designers from all across the world that's ready to bring your idea to life in as little as ours. So head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and see what all the hype is about. We are live today. It is Tuesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. But we are, not everybody's celebrating today, and that's okay. But we're celebrating here right now because we have none other than Casanova Brooks on today. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, doing? man, I appreciate you having me on. It's going to be a fun one. No, it sure will. You know, it, it's funny. Casanova and I, we, we've had an interesting relationship. You know, we... We talked for a little bit, uh, was it a few years ago? And we were talking about yeah. marketing and we just kind of kept up in touch over the past few months, over the past few years. And he's been doing some great things with his personal brand, with his real estate, his coaching as a CEO, as a podcast host. So with that being said, let me make sure we are rocking and rolling in the Facebook group before I dive too much into it. We always want to make sure because technology we love it, but sometimes we hate it. Right. It's okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah, we are live. I'm going to be monitoring the comments. Casanova, really, before we get started, I want to know your why. I want to dive into your story. And I saw a little bit on your website and said from, from no home to how's your family in and no job to, to now levels of success. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so... People always ask, like, where it started for me. And I would say that the the start of everything for me is I'm a dreamer, right? So I believe, you know, the bigger that you dream, the more that you can achieve if you really, you know, dream big. And so for me, I was raised on the south side of Chicago, uh, raised by a single mom. Never, My dad was never in my life. So my grandma stepped in to be the father figure in my life. And I thought she did a pretty good job of it. Uh, but for me, I grew up and I didn't have a lot of resources. Um, I just never had the financial literacy, but I always had love and support. So my mom and grandma, they always told me that I could be anything that I wanted to be. But the problem was I never knew, you know, what I could be because I didn't have that exposure. So for me, I got a lot of that exposure from like the TV, the media, right? And I would, I remember my first uh, big show that I would always watch growing up was VH1's The Fabulous Life Of, right? It was like their version of MTV Cribs. And so I would yeah. see guys like Richard Branson and he would have, you know, his island and I would see, you know, uh, all these mega stars. So for me, I was always like, man, one day that's going to be me. Never knowing how I would actually get there, but I just knew that one day I would get there. And so um, always was a dreamer. I always had an outgoing, you know, personality for the most part. I just... I liked people, uh, people genuinely, at least it felt like, liked me. So uh, that was kind of my childhood. Now I'll tell you, people ask me all the time, like, did I think that I was going to be an entrepreneur or things like that? Like, I didn't know what that was, right? Yeah. And, and all I really knew, and as time grew on, I just knew that I didn't like anybody else controlling my time. 
right? So that was the big thing for me. I always wanted the freedom to do what I wanted when I wanted. So if somebody told me, you know, go left, just me and my heart, I wanted to go right, right? <laughs> so I was just like, nah, like, so that was my big thing. And I remember growing up, I would see friends who had new shoes or new backpacks or whatever it was. And they had all this stuff that I really wanted, but my parents didn't have the means to give it to me, not at least when I wanted it and how I wanted it, right? They would have to yeah. save or things like that. So for me, I found myself going out and trying to figure out ways that I could make my own money to the point that when I remember when I was like eight years old, like one of the first ways that I started making money was back before credit cards and everybody was using their credit cards at the gas station pump. You would go inside to like, you know, pay the cashier and then you come back out and I'd be standing in front of your car and I would just say, hey, do you mind if I pump your gas? Right. Still like, you know, nowadays they have self-serve, but you can go to some gas stations where they still kind of do that for you, wash your windows, all that. And so for me, yeah. um, that was what I was doing at like eight years old. And then I came out and I would have like, you know, 20, $25 at the end of like four hours or something. But it was good for me because things were still cheap back then, you know, 25, 50 cents for candy. So I felt like I made it. And so I found myself doing little things like that, where um, that was kind of where I think that I just understood that I could create my own, you know, way, my own path without having to rely on even my parents to give me the things that I wanted, you know, because obviously they were just trying to provide for the things that I needed, a roof over my head, the food, all those other things. So kind of kept going through that path for me um, to speed it up. I mean, when I was 13, at this point, I'm still living in Chicago, but now I'm starting to really be exposed to a lot more gangs, violence, everything like that, right? Because kids start to think that they're grown. And so that's where kind of my surroundings started to take to. So my grandma quickly saw that and, and my cousins and family had started to migrate out of Chicago to uh, Iowa. My grandma made the decision that I was going to um, be moved there as well. So my grandma made that decision, 13, I moved to Iowa. Um, and then that's kind of when I went through, I would say my second big storm in life. My first big storm was two of my best friends. Um, they uh, drowned. Basically, it was a drowning accident. We always went to a beach together in Chicago on the south side. Well, this one day they decided, hey, they wanted to go to the beach. And for whatever reason, I couldn't tell you why, but I was like, no, you know, I don't really want to go. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to shorten up that story, they wound up drowning. So it was crazy because I know that I would have been right there with them yeah. um, because we did everything together. So there is that part of it. And this happened when it was about second grade. So then oh, when no. I moved to Sioux City, when I was 15, I'm going through high school now. And um, basically, long story short is I had trouble breathing. It was in between football season and basketball season. And I found myself having trouble breathing. Well, I'd left football early. And so my my friends were like, hey, it's probably just because you're out of conditioning, right? You're, you're out of shape. So we're starting to condition for basketball. But yeah. I quickly found that I was just still having a hard time breathing. And then my mom wound up taking me to the doctor and it comes out that, you know, I have stage four lymphoma cancer, I'm two weeks away from death. Oh, um, and it's like, oh, wow. And so I went through two years of chemo. I experienced everything that anyone else does when it comes to chemotherapy and, uh, and the drugs and everything else. And I was only 15. So I was already trying to navigate to figure out my way in life because we're young boys and we're trying to figure out what's next and the girls and the sports and the popularity. But then now all of a sudden I'm fighting for my life. And uh, so then when that was done, you know, I, I wound up going off to college, but I still, every time, everything that I'll tell you, I never really knew that I had a direction. I was always yeah. just trial and error, right? Yeah. I was always just trying to find my own way, my own path. And then, so I went to college. I did that for three years at the University of Iowa. Well, it was at that point that I really 
I had a passion for music at this time. And, um, and so I, I really just came of the belief that just because you had a degree did not mean you were going to be successful in life. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, man, like, and I'm, I'm into my junior year now and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, you know, but I was doing it because I had the pressure because nobody in my family had ever went to four year universities or graduated. So I'm trying to be, you know, first generation. And I know that my mom and grandma can't wait to say, Oh, he graduated. And I'm just like, but, I, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that it just wasn't my path. That wasn't yeah. what I wanted to do. I changed my major four times in three years. So it was just like, man, like, I, so my parents supported me. I gave them the call. They supported me to say, you know, hey, come home. You're going to find a job. You're going to figure it out. So I'm like, okay. So um, then I, I wound up going job, job, and uh, just trying to figure it out again. And, and at this point now, my son is born. About a couple of years later, my son's born. Okay. And now- now I got to really figure out like how I'm going to become a man because now I can't keep job. And when I tell you I had job to job, I tell you I had probably 17, 18 different jobs. I did everything from selling Kirby vacuums to selling shoes to selling, you know, to working at grocery stores and customer support. I did it all. Um, there's nothing that I didn't try out at least once. And so, but I quickly found, I mean, I think that you have to go through you know, you have to go through your path to understand not only what you like, but more importantly, what you don't like. And so that helped me to get to where I was. Um, and then fast forward to just five years ago, my mom and grandma gave me a call and they said, hey, you know, we want to move down to Omaha, which is where we currently live. And we yeah. want to be closer to you, Julie and TJ, because there's nothing left here in Sioux City for us. And I say, okay, cool. Well, um, move my mama here and my grandma within a couple weeks of that time. And within 24 hours, my mom winds up going to the hospital here in Omaha. And then within one week's time, I wind up losing my mom at that hospital. Oh, now, no. coincidentally, yeah, coincidentally, I was just in transitions in life. So I was transitioning from an inside sales job to an outside sales job because I had just gotten my real estate license. Um, and so my thought on it was, uh, and I was working for a payroll company and I just started, but my thought was I come up to you, I say, Hey Daniel, you know, you need help with your payroll. You say, no, I got that covered. I pull out my car. I say, you need help with real estate. Like I can help you with anything. <laughs> and that was going to be my thoughts on it. Um, or that was going to be my path. So I could allow myself to go full-time in real estate. Well, as a, as a crazy time in my life, because I lost my mom, I also wound up losing that job. And then my wife and I were under contract to buy our first home. So because I lost my job, obviously I couldn't get approved on the loan anymore. So I wound up losing my home. So all within a matter of a couple of weeks, I lose my mom, my job and my home. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it was a crazy time for me. I got no degree, no nothing. My wife's now supporting me, not only emotionally, but also financially as well. Um, but I got to figure it out. I got to make a way. I got to, you know, I can't turn back. And so within that next nine months, I did 46 deals, $8 million in volume um, in real estate. I got the rookie of the year in Nebraska. And uh, that's where my journey's taken me, you know, from. And, and now I just keep trying to say what's next. Man, that is a powerful story. I, yeah, I try to my... sum it up in 10 minutes. So I try yeah, to, no, I try to no, make that... it condensed. <laughs> that is wonderful. Man, what what a roller coaster. What what a beautiful journey you've been on. And when I say beautiful, it, it, it summarizes all the wonderful, crazy, terrible things that you've been through. And it's allowed you now to, to reach the level of success you are and propel you even further. You and I both know we're we're huge proponents of the story. 
we're huge on that. And, and so with that being said, you know, it, it comes a time in every person's life where they have to decide, are you going after your calling or are you going after your passion? My belief is that two are, are, are separate. You know, for me, my passion is in cooking, but I'm not called to be a chef. I'm called to help others through their online technology, their online marketing, and their online sales mechanisms. So my passion on one hand, you know, if I were just to, it's kind of like, hey, if you had a blank check, what would you do? Well, I'd I'd probably just cook. I wouldn't be a chef anywhere, but I just cook. I'd cook for friends and family. I just go around the neighborhood taking food to people. It's what put a smile on my face. Does that make money? Not really. (laughs) I could figure out a way to do it, but that's not what I'm called to. So I would love to get your thoughts on that, calling and and passion. Would you want to dive deep into your calling and then your passion? Yeah, um, I think that you definitely have some merit when you talk about your calling versus your passion. They're probably not one in the same, but I think that they can be. Here's what I tell people all the time is you do not have to love the journey, but you have to be married to the destination. Right. So you do not have to love the journey, but you have to be married to the destination. And the reason why I say that is because I think for a lot of us, we don't really like the grind. We don't like the journey. And people say love the grind. But at the same time, I think for for a lot of people, that grind, it comes with there's so much uncertainty there. Right. And so for us as human beings, we get uncomfortable when we're in uncertain situations. Right. So we would like to stay doing something that has certainty, even though it's maybe not what we're meant to be doing or makes us the most amount of money. So like for me, having the the podcast, the Dream Nation podcast, the whole purpose of that podcast is I say, you know, in the dream we trust, because those of us who dare to dream while the rest of the world is settling for what society will tell us is our reality because they put their fears on us. We stand to be trailblazers and change makers and really make this world a better place, right? So when we talk about it, for me, I'm always about figuring out what do you love to do? And this all came because I read a book by Jack Canfield called The Success Principles, Yeah. right? And in that book, he talks about, you know, you really can make a lot of money, especially in this day and age when you say like, oh, you can't make a lot of money being a chef. You can absolutely make a lot of money being a chef, but you have to think bigger and you have to think more creative to make that same amount of money, right? Because what does that mean? I mean, people will pay you any amount of money if you solve a big problem for them. I'll tell you, an issue for my wife and I is the fact that when 5, 5.30 comes every single day. We have to figure out what are we going to eat. And we have our two young kids now, right? And so it's, what do you guys want? And they want the same things as pizza or hot dogs. And so you're trying to, one, you understand that your body's getting older, so it's breaking down. So you need to start eating more healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Along with working out. But if you're not working out like you should be, you definitely can't compound the two and not be eating healthier. Yeah. So again, if I had, you know, a chef or somebody who could create a situation for me, to where I didn't have to think about that. At least they even just gave me different ideas of what I could eat every single night. I remember this was like three or four years ago, but we used to have like a little spin the wheel on our fridge and it had like pasta, it had grilled chicken, it had uh, pizza, it had takeout, it had like seven different things on the spin the wheel. 
right? And this was when my son was young before my daughter was even born. So at nighttime, when we couldn't figure out what we wanted to eat, we would just flip that thing, right? <laughs> now people, what they do is they go into DoorDash or Grubhub or any of those things, right? And you just get to scrolling until you see a picture that you like. And then you're like, okay, well, let me just go with that. So I think that a lot of people, if you figure out what is your passion, I think the next step is to figure out what does this solve for people, right? And so I would tell anybody right now, because the reason why I think that you should be going after your passion first, even though I, I understand that there's a lot of merit in going after profit or your calling, the reason why you should be going after your passion first is because I believe if you think creatively enough, you can create enough profit out of that. Let's say this. For me, I remember when I first, before I even got into real estate, when I was still working that W-2 job, um, I've always been a, and if you can see my setup, you'd laugh, but I've always been a big technology guy. So that's something that a lot of people don't know about me. I'm, I'm kind of a super, what they would call, and I don't want to say it in a negative term, but a geek when it comes yeah. to technology. So what do I mean by that? Like I got, I got a stream deck, I got all these cameras, um, I got different lights, I got different mics, I'm on a DSLR, like all of these things, what people wouldn't necessarily think about me because they're only thinking, oh, he's a real estate guy or he only talks about mindset, but that's kind of where I geek out, right? So for me, it's kind of started that way. I did love computers, but then I got heavy into cell phones, right? And okay. I always loved, like all my friends knew that I was like the guy that when a new phone came out, I was trying to buy it. No matter what it was, I yeah. needed the new flip phone, whatever it was. Crazy, oddly enough, I've never owned an iPhone, right? Never owned an iPhone. And the reason being, I always wanted to be like the Android guy because I like to customize. I like to root my phones. Do all of that stuff, which people, again, maybe wouldn't even think that, that I do. But anyway, so then I was right like, now? what'd I'm you curious. say? What are you using right now? Uh, I got a Samsung S10. Okay. I have a Google Pixel. Yeah. I, and I had the Google Pixel. Yeah. And I let it go for My wife has it too, so we bought them both. But again, I've had everything but an iPhone. But crazy enough, I'm looking at the uh, iPhone 12 because they're supposed to redesign it. I'm like, is this the okay. first time I ever get an iPhone? Yeah, and, uh, I don't know if I do or not, but my wife. No, that's funny. We're we're very similar in that aspect. I haven't had an iPhone since the four. Yeah, the four. Uh, back in I was in seventh grade when that came out, and I had it, and then I switched to an Android. I was like, I want to be able to tweak it. I want to be able to to tinker with it, to customize it. It. I think it goes back to the control thing. They yeah. say go left, I go right. Gotta go right. And so I think that that's a big, but the reason why I say that though, is because for me, when, when cell phones first came out, I was trying to figure, I knew that I had a passion for cell phones, but yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't really fix them. I just knew that I wanted to be able to customize them the way that I wanted to. So then I was like, well, how can I make money off of this? Right. And so what I started to do was I started to arbitrage. I would find people on Facebook. I would find people on Craigslist. I would buy their phones and then I would go sell them on Swappa to the point that I was getting paid about five to $700 a week doing this. Right. So it was good money, but I didn't keep doing it because obviously it was a little bit more of a grind and I was getting into real estate. But that's one way that, again, if you're creative, you can figure out how do you make money out of whatever your passion was. You know, and nowadays with Google ad or not with Google ads, but YouTube and, and things like that. If you have a good enough audience and you're giving enough value, even just doing recipes or, or doing think tanks, things like that. I think that you can create, you know, more than ever or better than ever, you can create money out of your passion. 
I, I believe it. I do. You know, I, I think of it like the money tree. People always say money doesn't grow on trees. Well, unfortunately, they don't have a tall enough ladder. <laughs> it's the simple act of how you can create that ladder. And the ladder, you know, if we want to talk about it with an online marketing standpoint, that's the vehicle. The vehicle that take you from zero to hero in terms of, hey, look, you now have financial freedom through whatever you've created. No, good words on that. Man, that's great. Yeah, I didn't know you were an Android guy like me. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. we have some viewers who, who are saying that they love their Android too, so that's neat to see. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you know, let's talk personal brand. And when I see your stuff on Instagram, and first, before we get into that, where can they find you on Instagram? Drop your username. Yeah, so on Instagram, it's Casanova underscore Brooks. So just my first dot last name on Instagram. Perfect. I'm going to drop that in the comment once the video is done as well, so they can have access to your website, to your Insta, and all fun things like that. But anyway, when I see your stuff on Instagram, man, you are poised to perfection. You are. And when I see your engagement, when I see other people, you know, it, it's always the question of how do I get to that level of engagement? Now, for me, I focus on the paid and direct response side. You know, I don't really focus on the organic, building up the, the, um, the audience at first. You know, I work with people who have an audience, a list, things like that. So if people are out there, and even myself, and they're listening and they're saying, how can I go about just building up that personal brand? What are some key steps that you would take and you would deliver to them? Yeah, so I think the first thing is you have to decide what is your mission statement, right? What, what, what exactly do you want people to think about you? What exactly is your, um, what's the, the picture that you're painting to people? Whether it's get out of debt, whether it's own real estate, whether it's, you know, be positive, whether it's, you know, get out of a nine to five, whatever that might be, you know, start an online business. It doesn't matter what it is. And then I think from that point, you have to figure out who are the people that are currently in that space. And then what you're going to do is you want to figure out, because I the reason why you and I were able to connect so quickly is because I found um, Russell Brunson, right? And I found mm -hmm. ClickFunnels. And so I found the concept of funnel hacking, right? And, yeah. and it doesn't, you can hack anybody because a lot of this information we get into our mind and like, oh my God, they're so revolutionary so innovative but a lot of the information nothing's new right we've heard that saying nothing's new under the sun you might find one or two ways to tweak it but for the most part it's not new the sayings are not new none of these things are new so for me it was about understanding that i just had to not copy but you had to model what other people were already doing but even better off if because people love modeling and people love it's flattering to people it's like having a mentor right yeah. if you say hey oh my like dave ramsey right dave ramsey loves it when people take his strategies and have the snowball effect and they get out of debt all these other things and i bring that up because i just had anthony o'neill on my podcast who's one of the dave ramsey guys okay um, yeah yeah, so I just had him on a podcast literally less than an hour ago. So, um, but anyway, I, people love that. So what you got to think is like, okay, what is my message? What do I stand for? Who do I want to become? Not who am I right now, but who do I want to become? I'm sure that there's somebody else out there that probably is already in that space, whether it's the real estate space, whether it's the mindset space, whether it's 
entrepreneur space or whatever it might be. And then you model that. And then you try to build relationships with other people that are in those spaces, right? And I think that if they already, and again, it's like modeling and, and hacking the audience because wow. if they already have the audience, right, then you just have to figure out how can I put my spin on these things and how can I make sure that I give value to the audience? And people love the engagement part. Everybody, what social media has done is given everybody an opportunity to share their greatest gift. Right. And the greatest gift that we're the only creatures on this planet that has a brain and an opinion. Hey, Dream Builder, if you're anything like me, you have no idea how to come up with a quality logo or even a creative design. You know that quality is important, but it's not always the easiest to nail down. Right. That's where Design Crowd comes in, whether it's a logo, a website, book cover, or even a social media ad. They have a community of over 900,000 professional designers around the world ready to help solve your creative problem. Head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation to learn more. And just for being a part of the dream nation tribe, you're going to receive a special VIP offer when you sign up of up to $150 credit. Now, instead of waiting weeks for an agency to pitch you an idea, you'll be able to get a design of exactly what you need within just three days. So again, head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and check it out. Trees don't have opinions. Animals don't have opinions, right? And they can't voice their opinions like we can. So that's what it gives everyone. That's where Twitter first started. That's where so many, you know, and people are still voicing their opinions. And so if you give people the platform to be able to voice their opinions, they'll love you for it. And if you are on the same wavelength as they are, whether it's entrepreneurship or whatever else, then it becomes a bond, it becomes a connection. And from there, you start to just build your tribe, build your tribe. And at the same time, I think that there's no shortage of positivity because right now, especially with the times that we're living in, is, uh, um, uh, I'm, and I actually even said that wrong, there's no shortage of negativity. Right. Mm. It's because everywhere that you go right now, you turn on CNN, you turn on, you know, Flipboard on the apps or whatever. You're seeing some type of negative. Somebody's losing a job. Companies are going out of business. The coronavirus, do we got another six months? It's taking us back into a world of uncertainty. So what I would say on that is to make sure that you have some type of positivity that you can give to the world because it will allow you to stand out and just be different because people love good energy. I love that. So to re reiterate that, you know, find your who, figure out what you want to have them see in you, understand who has done it before you, model them, and pour out positivity, you know, build relationships, build stuff that actually is engaging. Don't be boring. <laughs> Absolutely. But I would say the first step though, before you even find your who is, and I don't want to be cliche, but find your why, like find your what, what mm. is it that you stand for? What, you know, like, that's what I mean. Like, what do you want to be known for? When people think of you, start with the end in mind. It's just like creating content. What transformation do you want that person to have? If you are writing, a, a, let's think of a book, right? And end of your book, 
people are, through different chapters there's going to be ups there's going to be downs people are going to be outraged people are going to be happy but at the end of it what's the emotion that you want them to leave with right that's what i would say what is the emotion that you want them to leave with if they're going to leave insp inspired that's great if they're going to leave motivated that's great if they're going to be outraged you have to decide that and so that's mm -hmm. the first step that's the key step what do you want to stand for and then after that i think that it's easy to see okay well who's someone that's already in that lane what are they already putting out there right how can i build relationships with them and then obviously i also got to build relationships with the coming to my page because yeah. of the content that I'm putting out. No, for sure. For sure. I, I just recently wrote a post on this and the gist of it was don't ride the fence. If you ride the fence, what happens? Well, you get your groin hurt. That's all that happens. Right. <laughs> That's never a good thing. And in the direct response marketing world, you know, the, the fun uh, world that I reside in, I've acronymed the word who. Who are you going after? How will you create that vehicle to sell them and offer a solution that they want? Hmm. The I love it. And so in that, you know, I, I definitely think it, it directly translates back to the organic world in, in terms of that. So anyway, man, we, we briefly touched on funnel hacking. We did briefly touched on click funnels and tell me, are you still using click funnels? I am. Okay. It's, yeah, it's going well. Um, for me, I, I, I love the fact that I can have something out there that works for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can all have salespeople, but the fact that funnels and because they how highly targeted that they are and bringing people through your multiple products and upselling and downselling and adding value at the end of the day, I do love funnels. So it's still going well for me. And um, I... I don't, I don't know, unless they raise the prices, I don't think that uh, I'll be leaving them anytime soon. And of course they have the back-end culture, which is what I think makes them stand out over yeah. anyone else. Now you've read all the books, right? I have. Yeah, okay, good man. He, he, he's similar to me, folks. If you know me, you know, I've got the, the picture of Russell Brunson up on my desktop. You know, it's, I, I had a picture with him, funny story, short story. I was at a conference where he was speaking. It was a small conference, it was only about 50 people it was, it was almost like a mastermind group and he was speaking and i had my copy of expert secrets and i was like oh my gosh russell you know completely fanboying over here mm -hmm. and I, I was waiting on him i was like i don't know where he is and this guy comes up the escalator with his handler uh i think her name is melanie he comes up the escalator and it's russell and i was bugging out and then as soon as he got off i was like russell and <laughs> got to sign my book, got to sign it. And, you know, he's taken aback because I found out later, this is when I, I was first getting to, to know Russell and his journey. He's an extreme introvert. You know, he doesn't love to be approached and hounded. And, you know, of course he's a normal person, so he'll talk and things like that, but extreme introvert. So big thing, know your audience and know the people you're speaking to. <laughs> and then second, you know, as he signed my book, he said, you know, I know you've read it because you dog-eared every page. I was like, <laughs> oh. So I still have that copy. I, I have a picture with him. I, I'll post it later in the group. I don't think I've ever posted that before. But anyway, you know, the whole culture, culture of ClickFunnels is so profound. And the way they talk about 
other SaaS companies, software as a service, and how they try to model them. We talked about modeling, you know, organic social media, but companies try to model other companies too. And that's something that I suggest you all do is learn the skill of modeling. But while other companies are trying to model ClickFunnels, they say, we know we're never going to die out like that. You know, competitors not going to beat us because they don't have the culture surrounding them. The people who completely fanboy or fangirl over, you know, hey, this influencer here, hey, Russell Brunson here. And, you know, that's such an interesting thing to see. If you can build that up in your business, you've, you've reached some high mountain peaks. And that's so powerful. So that's something that Casanova, frankly, I am working on over on our side, excuse me, over on our side. And it's something that, that I'm just trying to build up the brand and, and build up the, the mission. I don't think I've ever told you this before, but my mission is to impact the lives of a million people through the offers, the products and services that I touch over the next five years. Love it. That's done through clients and students, but you know, it's, it's a mission that I love to rally behind because it's attainable. I'm not saying I'm going out and helping a billion people. You know, I wish I could be Tony Robbins and impact the lives of a billion people. I'm just not there yet, but it's attainable. And it's also something that I can get other people excited about. All that to say, going back to your ClickFunnels world, what are some of the best things that you've seen convert well? And when I talk about it, what, what are you offering right now that is just crushing it in your sense? Yeah, so I think that webinars definitely still convert very well because everybody's getting so much value up front, whether you choose to buy at the end of that webinar, 95% of webinars, they sell something at the end, or there's a, a phone call at the end, there's some type of a call to action. So I think webinars still continue to do very well. I think the e-commerce space is going to continue to really blow up because obviously we see right now, so many people are ordering from home and, and there's more products than ever that have been backlogged or backstocked. Um, than, you know, than it's ever been before. So um, I think that anybody who's looking to get into e-commerce, I think with upsells, downsells, and having the right VSL sell letter, um, VSL letter, I'm sorry, or VSL video, um, yeah. video sales letter. I don't know why I was getting it all wrong, but I think that for anybody who has the right message and they're very targeted and, you know, they can use you know, a combination of paid and organic, but really just be creative with it. Obviously, there, it's very hard to not, in my opinion, it's very hard to not be in some type of a saturated market. Now, saturated is obviously from a perspective, but it's not like you're going to have no competitors. You yeah. got to have, you know, you got to be creating something that's like for spaceships or NASA only, right? Or, or something like that to, to not have competitors because the world of Amazon and, and that's what it is. You just, but you just have to live with it because at the end of the day, people are going to buy why you're doing it more than what you're doing, you, what you have, right? Like at the end of the day, we look at it and we say, and I think Russell might've been the person who said this, or maybe it was someone else. I can't really remember, but they said people will pay more for the exact same thing, just packaged in a different way. Yes. Yes, they right? will. People will pay more for the exact same thing, just packaged in a different way. And we see that all day long, right? And what are the ways that you can package it in a different way? It could be that you give them a, a, a phone call 
right? Afterwards, it could be you give them a special box or like branding. It could be that you add in some, some other things that go along with that product. There's so many things. It could be that you just give them a 30-minute call on how to use it and what you found. You know, most people's problems is after they get it. There's so many different things of what you can do. So I think that e-commerce, those funnels are working very well. And then I also think that webinar funnels are still working very well. I think just the simple lead pages and lead magnets, you can get those anywhere. Um, But, you know, those are the two things that I think are still working very well. I love to hear you say that because I'm a firm believer in both of those as well. You know, I love the teachings of the hook story and offer, but more importantly, the offer, you know, it's always like, Hey, you know, I can get you to buy this pen for 10,000 bucks. It's like, what Daniel, this is a, this is actually a custom pen. I had done shout out to my friend, Tommy Peeler, but it's pen $60 if you were to go buy it from him. Now it's not the cheapest pen, but 10,000, you know, for all of you out there who are selling what you think is a specific product, maybe a water bottle, maybe a pen, maybe some headphones or whatever, you want to create an offer around it. And in doing so, you make price irrelevant. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, when you buy the pen, you know, the pen is just the physical product, but you buy the pen and you get access to my personal phone book full of my mentors and and you get, you know, one one one-on-one call a week with me and maybe Casanova will throw in two and we get two one-on-one calls. And, and so suddenly, you know, you build up the value through bundling different things in it. You know, I, I think back to the infomercials and it's like, but wait, there's more. Right. <laughs> never, never in a slimy or sleazy way, like some infomercials do, but you want to make sure that the value is relevant and the value is congruent so you can raise the price. And therefore it's not a rat race to the bottom. It never should be. So with that being said, man, that's great. You know, it's, it's interesting because we talk about the freebie funnels and the lead magnet funnels. And in actuality, I believe those should come in the middle. Hmm. And I don't know if I've told you this or not. Well, I guess everybody's going to hear it now, but I'm teaching on the dissension method and how we can go out there with an audience, whether it's an audience of two people, two loyal people, our our disciples, or 200 million, we have an audience. And we have our our core calling, our core passion, however we wanna go about that route, we have that and we say, this is what I want to do. This is what I have expertise or knowledge in. Would you wanna learn? And so you make sure that you validate it. And you say, hey, my friends, my audience, two people, 200 million people, come on in. I, I've got something to show you. If I offered to show you X, Y, Z, if I offered to show you how to do this without blank, 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 would you take me up on that? I'd love to get you into this, this vehicle, basically. And so what we do is we start from the top down. And I'm actually doing a, a live training on this on Thursday evening Casanova, I'll send you the link as well. But for anybody who wants to join, you know, you can go to beknownyou.com slash live. I'll also drop the link. And we're going to go exactly over the way you can use a descension method to sell from the top down. So enough about that. That's curiosity hook. People are now suddenly like, wait, what? But right. With that being That's said, what I'm thinking. Like, what? <laughs> with that being said, you know, here's a hint. It's, it's high ticket, one mission, one message, one funnel. Hmm. So 
Okay. Knowing that this audience specifically, the how to be known online, and when it's the podcast, it's the be known audio experience. You know, what are some ways that we can give them direct value so that they can go out today in these crazy and uncertain times and say, yes, I can create an offer. I can sell this pin <laughs> or I can create that next funnel. In your opinion, you know, what, what are some things that they can take away? Yeah. So I think the, the first thing is obviously every, everybody has a different product or a different service that they're selling. I think that you need a way to be able to continuously connect with these people. So I think funnels are one way, but then I also think I'm a huge fan of having a podcast, right? Because that's the way that you quickly can position yourself to be an expert. If you started a podcast on a topic, that's a quickly a way and podcasts are still in its infancy stage. Now you can create a YouTube channel or write a blog as well, but there's so many other factors that go along with that as in YouTube you need cameras you need good mic you need all that and with blogs you need to have good SEO you need to have good backlinks all these other things so with podcasts you know by just getting a simple podcast hosting service like Libsyn or Podbean or anything like that you can get your podcast up off the ground really quickly um, then I think the second thing that that I'm doing if I'm trying to build a brand is I'm trying to go connect with someone right away who already has an audience they don't have to have a million people, but they need to ha already have an audience, right? And the reason why I want to do it that way is because one, I'm adding value to them by sharing their message, by sharing their, their stuff, and then maybe I can even get affiliate links, right? But then at the same time, I also feel like that this will help me to be able to bring some of that audience in for my audience. And that's how I can quickly go from two disciples to maybe 15 disciples, so that's a big thing of what I'm looking at as well. And then the last thing is I'm going to constantly be looking at what are other people in this space putting out because if they're getting engagement and they're getting relevance, uh, relevancy scores, right, not only through Facebook but through YouTube, through LinkedIn, and what I mean by how – what do I mean by that? I mean is there stuff being shown right? And is the algorithm continuously recommending it? So that obviously means to these algorithms that it's relevant. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go onto YouTube. I'm going to go onto Facebook. I'm going to go into somewhere and I'm going to find out what are the topics that are already being shared about this topic or about this product or this service, right? It doesn't matter what it is, if it's physical or if it's info product. And then for me, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to create my own message, my own opinion around those things. And then I'm going to get it shared out on that platform. And so I'm just going to keep recycling that same method. I'm going to try to find somebody else that's of that same level of stature, right? I'm going to try to bring them on. And then I'm obviously going to try to get some of their audience. And then I'm going to go find another message that I could put out there around the same topic and then I'm just going to keep recycling and then that will take you know one to two to three months for you to be able to really gain some traction but when you do it you can quickly scale it and take off in my opinion man that's it <laughs> that's it in a nutshell wow if you don't get anything else from this that's what you got to do first continuously connect with people second connect with someone or a group of people I call this the dream 100. You're probably familiar with this as well. Mm -hmm. Already have an audience. Build up a relationship with them. They're people. What are they going to say? No? Okay. 
That's no, not right now. You know, keep going. And then third, model and research what others are doing. Figure out the topics of the product or service. And then finally, fit to your brand from that. Figure out what they're doing. Fit to your brand, your voice. Put your own spin on it. I call this the different flavors of ice cream. And then continue to recycle that. Continue to refine it, recycle it. It all comes back to the story. It really does. And I know we didn't touch on that too much. That can be a conversation for another time. And that's part two. <laughs> but <laughs> it all comes down to the story and, and how you can refine it and recycle it over time. You know this as best as I do. Good Absolutely. stuff. Casanova, anything else you want to share? We've had some great, great topics, great words from you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, it's it's a pleasure. I just, again, I'm always big into sharing with people about believing in their own dreams, right? There's a lot of people right now that I feel like are going to get their situation reset or as close to reset as possible because of all of the, you know, government funding that's being pumped in. I think I just saw that uh, we're about to try to ask for another two to three trillion dollars just this quarter alone. Um, The government's going to ask for that, which is crazy. So that means that more stimulus checks might be coming, more PPP loans might be coming, all those things. And we don't know yet, but obviously we got to do something. There was something I just shared on my Twitter, um, but I've seen um, United Airlines just, uh, they accepted a $5.4 million or billion dollar um, uh, bailout right? But because they're still losing so much money every single day, almost a billion dollars a day, October the 1st, they're cutting 30% of their workforce. Um, And this is, they've said that 30% of their workforce that they're cutting. And United Airlines, I want to say is one of the largest, if not the largest airline um, that we have based out of Chicago. And so just to understand that you have to bet on yourself, you have to be willing to go all in on your dreams. You know, it either has to work or it has to work. So for me, you know, that's what the whole purpose of Dream Nation is. I love that. It either has to work or it has to work. No ifs or buts about it. Good stuff. To wrap up, where can they find you? Social profiles, you want to drop a link to your funnel, anything like that? Yeah, so I would say uh, um, the the most common place that a lot of people reach out to me is through Instagram. We dropped that in there, Casanova underscore Brooks. Uh, otherwise, you could check me out on my website, which is CasanovaBrooks.com. And uh, if you are interested in real estate, it's I got a, a book that I wrote. My book's right here, uh, Real Estate, Play the Game Like the Winners. Um, so the major keys to making six figures in real estate and using it to create generational wealth. So this is everything that I did in my first year in real estate and everything that I've learned. And, um, yeah, you can go get that at real estate, play the game, like the winners, um, real estate, like the winners, I'm sorry, real estate, like the winners.com. But yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you. Thank you. We will talk very soon, folks. It's rock and roll. Bye. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. 
That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.